This is the Beyond the Studio podcast. I'm Amanda Adams. And I'm Nicole Muller, and we're here to help you figure out the business of being an artist. Here we'll have honest conversations with artists, makers, and business experts, and dive deep into the work that happens beyond the studio. If you find value in listening to these conversations, please consider leaving us a rating and a review or sharing some of your favorite episodes with your creative community. It's the easiest way to show us some love and help others find the podcast. Beyond the Studio is a fiscally sponsored project of Independent Arts and Media, I Am, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You can now make contributions to the podcast by going over to our website, beyondthe.studio slash about. Just click on the button that says donate here. All donations made through IAM are tax deductible. Your support is greatly appreciated and goes directly towards sustaining the work of the podcast. If you're a fan of the podcast and want to share what you're learning beyond the studio, please consider submitting to our listener spotlight to be featured on our social media channels. It's also the best way to pitch yourself to be a guest on the show. Just follow the link in our show notes or on the contact page of our website, beyondthe.studio. And uh, thanks for listening. On today's episode of Beyond the Studio, we're celebrating our 100th episode. Woohoo! I almost would have said our 100th anniversary, but it's, it's an anniversary of sorts. It feels like it's been 100 years. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, not 100th anniversary. Uh, although we are close to our fifth anniversary for podcasting. It'll be this year, but we are now dropping right here, right now, this here 100th episode. I can't believe it. Yeah, I can't believe it. We've uh, been working on Beyond the Studio for almost five years now. Uh, We've made it all the way to 100 episodes and we're, uh, we're really just here to celebrate. We're excited to share some thoughts with you all um, that we've gathered from listeners, uh, talk a little bit about where Beyond the Studio is headed, and um, we have a special gift that we want to give away um, during this episode, oh, so yeah. listen to the end to hear more about that. Um, yeah, stay, t- stay till the end, please. But yeah, we really just wanted to, um, I guess first and foremost, say thank you all for listening uh for being here and helping us get to this 100th episode i know we've talked about this in the past but um when we first started the podcast i don't really think we had many expectations or grand aspirations for it we really just wanted to be able to learn from other artists and to share their stories and it really feels like it's taken on a life of its own and it's been so exciting to see it grow and to be a part of that and we've been able to interview so many amazing artists um, over the last five years from all over the country, so many different disciplines, and uh, really it just uh, makes me feel grateful to be a part of Beyond the Studio. I feel like we're just a piece of this puzzle, and it's really part of a larger movement to bring more transparency to the art world and have more conversations centered around professional development for artists. Yeah, I agree. I feel like Beyond the studio, I didn't have any, I mean, we talked about it a little bit on the last episode even, but didn't have any expectations for for what the podcast could be or become, but I definitely didn't anticipate 100 episodes. I didn't anticipate that we'd be here five years later. I didn't anticipate that we'd be able to have 
conversations with the artists that we've been able to talk to. I mean, we started it with our, you know, work in our day jobs, trying to figure out how to build art businesses for ourselves that we could sustain. And, you know, we're still figuring that part out and probably will be for our whole lives. But it's, it's been such a journey. I mean, we we started interviewing our friends and and because we admired who they who they are and what they create and now we've been able to turn artists who we admire into our friends too through the podcast. We talked about this um, in our looking back and looking forward episode that we recorded at the very end of 2021, but I think if it hadn't been for Beyond the Studio, I don't know whether I would have been in a position to leave my day job and pursue my painting practice full-time last year. And um, we've gotten to do some events and talks recently where we've been able to share a little bit about our own journeys and what the podcast um, has done for us personally. And I really do think it's because of the conversations that we've had and the stories that we've been able to share that you know we've been able to make these big changes in our own careers and so i feel like that just goes to show the power of storytelling and it's something that we always want to keep at the heart of beyond the studio and so more and more we just feel like there's so much value in sharing other artists stories getting to learn from other artists real lived experiences and that the greatest form of professional development um, comes through that storytelling, um, you know, sharing how artists are building their own lives and making it work. Yeah. Yeah. I know we did an episode recently that was looking back, but, you know, we always say that these podcasts are such a time capsule for those brief moments. And even in the last couple of months, we've been doing a lot with the podcast and kind of Nicole and I had a meeting before we hit record and we were saying how we <laughs> our intention was to hit the ground running with getting back into podcasting and we really really did that and like it definitely involved a little hitting the ground <laughs> with the right <laughs> um and it's all been good uh like Nicole and I were expressing the kind of the positive aspects of these little growing pains that we're experiencing where we're you know, trying to beef up our recording schedule by uh, releasing episodes every week, which we've never done before. Even when we first started the podcast, we anticipated it would be a twice a month release. And then when we decided to shift into a seasonal model, we figured, you know, we could release weekly during the season. But even then, it was we would always get caught up on our recordings. And we've been doing a whole lot of recording behind the scenes. We've also been planning for our first in-person event, which we've talked about a little bit. And we've been doing some virtual events where we've been talking to different schools about professional development for students and things that we've been learning through the podcast. And even though it's been like <laughs> kind of stressful to have our schedule suddenly be very full and be very demanding, it has been so fulfilling and I don't know, every time we go into a new recording season and we start taking on new projects with the podcast, it, it further affirms to me how much I believe in the podcast and how much I love it. And like every time we do a planning call and we bounce ideas back and forth, it's so exciting to to see what we're coming up with and the way that we're using our creativity and, and our like artist nature in the business of this podcast. 
I don't know, we've been like, we were talking earlier about ways to monetize and, and things that we're planning for this year that, you know, you'll, you'll eventually get to see uh, or hear. But it's just been really fun to have this business collaboration with a fellow artist, because it's been a really fun, a fun thing to be a part of. And I, I just so appreciate having this podcast with you. And I'm so grateful that we took this chance on each other to to create this little business baby. Um, <laughs> yeah, because it's, <laughs> it's, I don't know, I, I believe in it so much. I'm so grateful to be a part of it. So grateful for the listeners. So grateful for you, Nicole. So grateful for all of the guests that we've spoken to and the guests that we will speak to. It it feels bigger than us. And I hope it lives on in perpetuity, <laughs> helping artists. But I've really, I don't know, grateful that we got to episode 100 and excited for the next 100 plus. I know. That's so wild to think about. And likewise, I just, I feel a lot of gratitude as well. And um, yeah, I feel like we've built this archive that, you know, they, they are like time capsules of an artist's experience, but I hope that they can, um, you know, support artists at different stages of their careers. And I know when I listen back to certain episodes, I'll remember things or learn things that I missed the first time around. And I think, you know, those conversations resonate differently depending on what you're going through personally. And so I hope that, mm-hmm. you know, the archive uh, that we've built through Beyond the Studio can continue to be that for other artists. And I think part of what has made the podcast um, sustainable, like you were saying, is that it has, we've allowed it to follow the ebbs and flows of our own lives. And, um, you know, we're both, uh, well, now full-time working artists. Um, We have our own individual creative practices and businesses. Uh, You know, you're running Close Call Studio full-time in Baltimore, Amanda, and I'm pursuing my painting practice, uh, mural painting, creating installations. And so we both um, have a lot going on in addition to Beyond the Studio. But, um, and you know, sometimes the podcast has had to take a back seat. So we're coming off of um, this last year in 2021, where we took a kind of extended hiatus while I was leaving my day job and uh, Amanda was moving into a new studio and home and we were just going through some big and tending to my my soft soft mind (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think we just you know we needed um, that break to be able to reset and refocus on other things and um, now we're back working on the podcast um, in full force and really excited about everything that's coming up Um, but it definitely has meant that there uh, is a lot more a lot more plates to be juggling so um, some of the things that Amanda mentioned include our very first live podcast recording um, in person that's happening next month um, in San Francisco Uh, so if any Bay Area listeners um, are out there we would love to see you in person on March 17th Uh, That's a Thursday. We'll be hosting our very first uh, live panel discussion and podcast recording at the new Institute of Contemporary Art in San Francisco. Um, So join us for that. We'll be sending out more info on our mailing list and on social media about how to register for free. Um, But that'll be happening Mm -hmm. Thursday, March 17th um, at 630 in the evening. And for those of you who aren't local, we'll be recording it. um, So you'll still get to hear that conversation but in addition to that, we've been yeah. 
working with some um, art schools and other arts organizations to uh, do some speaking and give some talks. Uh, so if you are mm -hmm. a part of an arts organization or an art school and want to have Beyond the Studio come and talk about how to build a sustainable life as an artist, um, we've put together a talk that we've been sharing. So we'd uh, love to hear from you. You can send us an email um, or reach out to us on Instagram mm -hmm. uh, about those kinds of things. And um, of course, we've been doing a lot of recording behind the scenes and have some really exciting interviews coming up uh, these next couple of weeks yeah. with artists and authors and other arts professionals that we really can't wait to share. Fellow podcasters, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yes, yeah, sorry. I'm muting myself in between because um, Dave is on a meeting in the other room. So I don't know if you can hear it, but hopefully it'll be not too loud. That's okay. I mean, they may recognize his voice from last week. <laughs> yeah, he's in the other room, so I think it'll be background. So, yeah, should we get to it? Uh, we wanted to, I guess, start off just by saying thank you to all of our listeners. Um, and if you're here, just for being a part of this community and a part of this journey with us. Um, it really couldn't happen without you. So thank you for just, you know, being a part of this a creative community that's dedicated to transparency and generosity. Um, I really do think this is helping to create shifts in the arts at large. And um, so one of the things that we wanted to talk about on this episode um, is what do we collectively envision for this future art world? Um, you know, we're coming off of two years of a global pandemic, and we posed this question a couple of weeks ago. Uh, to you all to ask what's one change you would like to see in the art world uh, with the idea of sharing some of those responses here in this episode. And we also want to give a gift uh, to you all. So we are announcing a giveaway at the end of this episode, just a special gift to our listeners. And thank you for being a part of Beyond the Studio. Yeah, just a little, a little something, something for some special someones. <laughs> So a couple weeks ago, we posed a question to our listeners, what is one thing that you want to see in the art world? And it wasn't just, you know, what's one thing. It was sort of a all-encompassing question of, of what is your vision for the future of the arts? What do you want to see in the art world, whether that's your immediate art world, the art world at large, the art market, whatever. So Nicole and I obviously think about this question a lot, and I feel like this is sort of almost like the root question that we keep showing up to with the podcast that kind of, and maybe I'm projecting, but like that keeps, I don't know, giving me the purpose to show up because I think like, okay, with this podcast, what it, wh how can, how can I show up with this podcast and use it in a way to create the art world that I want to see? And, and I know we really believe in the value of artist stories and the importance that each artist's perspective can add to the conversation and how the more we're able to document and share these stories, the more we're able to rise together as a, as a collective and as a community. And when we put the question out to listeners, we saw a lot of these same values mirrored back, which is really affirming to know that we're, <laughs> we're kind of all trying to hope for the same thing together. But there were also some recurring points that uh, we saw come up in y'all's feedback. And we didn't actually end up getting any audio feedback, but we did 
we do have a lot of written feedback that we can pull from, uh, especially through our listener spotlight, which we so appreciate everyone contributing to the listener spotlight. It really, I know it's, it takes time to, you know, write thoughtful answers and submit your work, but it really, it means so much to us that y'all are listening and and showing your work back to us and sharing your insights and, and taking that time. And we're excited to share more of those back with, with you as well. Yeah. I feel like, you know, woven into that question of what we want to see in the art world is our mission statement for the podcast. You know, we wanted to see more transparency, more equity, and more generosity in the arts. And I think that continues to inform the work that we're doing. And so I think when we approach this question, you know, we we realize there is a lot to critique. There's a lot to be critical of. Um, and there's a lot to be frustrated about. And so we, you know, we acknowledge that, but we really do try and bring a spirit of, I don't know, a sense of optimism that, you know, we're, we're working towards building the future that we want to see and to really focus on um, what we do want and not just we, what we don't want. And so we've really, um, you know, hopefully through the podcast, tried to uh, cultivate that spirit of, you know, building towards the future and what's next. And so I think, you know, approaching this question, we, um, yeah, we were thinking about, you know, what are some of the things that uh, maybe we're ready to leave behind, <laughs> but also like looking ahead, what do we want to see instead? You know, what's going to take the place of um, some of these existing structures or, you know, things that it's easy to kind of get in the weeds about what's what's not working well, um, but really to shift the conversation around where are we headed? What do we want to see next? And I think, you know, that's something that artists are especially equipped to do and to be able to apply um, that same creativity and imagination that we bring to our work um, to kind of re-envisioning the future of the arts. And so we wanted to share some listener feedback that uh, we got, uh, like Amanda said, uh, we'll be reading out some of this um, because it's all, we've received it all in written form. (laughs) But um, we definitely started to notice some themes in uh, reading back some of these responses. And um, a few things that kind of rose to the top were themes around access and inclusivity, themes of viability um, and visibility around what a career what's possible for a career in the arts what that really looks like more financial support and transparency and things like community so more opportunities for artists both uh, virtually and in person and there was a focus on attitudes (laughs) if we want to add that in (laughs) oh yes Yes, I think uh, there's a lot to be, yeah, definitely some critique of existing attitudes, um, perceptions of exclusivity, elitism. Um, So we'll make sure to throw that in there. (laughs) But I think, you know, access and inclusivity um, came up, uh, or this this idea of access came up in um, a number of different ways. Um, One focus, I think, had to do with inclusivity uh, for artists from all backgrounds. Should we read off some listener feedback? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let me make sure I'm pulling up the right right document. Yeah. 
Okay, do we want to start with access and inclusivity? Yeah, let's read some listener feedback. And and I guess you probably said this already, but in case you did not, uh, Nicole kind of categorized some of our listener feedback into these recurring themes. So we thought that we would read some of y'all's feedback um, kind of organized within these themes, and then we could talk about them a little bit more. And uh, so we're starting with access and inclusivity and y'all's feedback regarding those topics. Yeah, this was a big theme. Cookie Redding from Pennsylvania thinks social media platforms like Instagram are helping with this, um, but helping us find new ways to get our work out there that isn't dependent on old-fashioned or out-of-date patriarchal systems to give voices to all makers and creators. Patricia Downs from Plattsburgh, New York says, we need better representation for artists in marginalized communities. Lawrence Stevalmi from San Diego um, agrees with a call to democratize access. Denise Zubazaretta from Denver, Colorado wants to see more diversity, equity, accessibility, and inclusion. Women are often left out of the conversation as well as people of color. The New York Times did an article in 2017 showcasing most professional artists are men and 20% of them went to Yale. Yali Romagoza realized that no Latinas have had solo shows at MoMA and she protested with public art. The world is looking to see us included finally and we have to find a way to carve a path for future artists who seek representation. Carrie Brummer from Spring, Texas, agrees that we need to continue promoting and celebrating women artists. Another way that we interpreted this theme of access <laughs> was as in um, eliminating gatekeepers or barriers to entry, um, increasing access to the arts as a whole. Uh, Sherry Ibez from Santa Fe, New Mexico, says the art industry needs to look less to large corporate sponsored institutions as the sole arbiters of what is good in art and what is valued. Uh, it should also focus less on university graduate programs as the filtering system for who will be the future stars in art. She thinks that university programs are biased and believes that you can find talent in any small town and it's just a matter of public access. Miranda Picoul from Los Angeles agrees and says, I think we've made improvements in this area a bit, but I'd love to keep pushing toward making art opportunities more accessible in local small town communities. I think it could be great to see smaller towns providing artistic options for murals, art fairs, etc. There are many artists who have to travel to larger cities for these opportunities, but it could directly impact smaller areas if the arts were more heavily present. We also felt like this idea of access um, came up a lot in relation to promoting uh, the arts as a viable career option. Uh, so access to information, access to education uh, seemed to come up a lot. And we had um, a number of listeners comment on this idea of access and viability specifically. Aline Martharis from Amsterdam says, direct sales from artists to consumers is something we should embrace tapping into um, the digital, where we promote the use of online communication tools, including social media, allowing for virtual exhibitions, studio visits, and connecting people globally. 
She believes it will have a positive lasting impact because it lowers the barriers to participation for gallerists, collectors, artists, curators, and writers. Courtney Kalinowski from Pennsylvania, but moving to LA, says opportunities to connect and share stories like this podcast that talk about sustainable income practices, health insurance tips, how to get or how to start getting projects. And Frank Juarez from Sheboygan, Wisconsin, agrees that accessibility is key to helping one another grow professionally and artistically. Growth and success should be mutual. With access, opens the door to collaboration, mentorship, ongoing support, and a sounding board. Regardless of where we are in our art careers, we can always use a shoulder to lean on. And uh, Nikki Kreese from Hudson, New York says, everything is always better when we work together and share resources. I've never regretted making connections for other artists. This may sound naive, but I do think that opportunities will expand the more we include each other. Transparency, even just a little bit. There seems to be a fear that opening up or uncovering things will cause the whole operation to collapse. And that doesn't have to be the case. I really loved reading and, you know, we're only partway through, but I really loved reading all of our listeners' feedback because I think that, I don't know, so often we get in our little isolated studios and are thinking about the things that we want to see. And it's helpful to know that so many of us want to see the same things. So perhaps together as a collective, we can make some, make some actions and really create the spaces that we want to see and and create the art world that we want to see. I know like one of the notes that I wrote to myself, and I feel like I have noticed this a lot in it, I guess in just how uh, various businesses and, and things and people are handi- handling the last few years and this idea of real actual change and not lip service and not just saying like, we're going to do better. We're going to do some things but actually doing some things. So we love having these conversations so we can see that we want to see the same things happen. So we can we can start making those things happen. And one of the kind of core tenets that Nicole and I are constantly having come up in the podcast in conversations that we're having, and it's just further reaffirmed to us individually and, and as podcasters, but this idea of not waiting for permission and not waiting for someone else to make the change that you want to see, but that we as artists especially are so skilled and resourceful and thinking outside the box and, and capable of really building these connections and, and bridges to building to a better future. But I think that we really... I don't know. It's it's helpful to have these moments where we can hear from listeners to get a little confirmation that we're on the same page and that we we care about seeing the same changes happen. And yeah, let's figure out how we can make them happen in our own world. Yeah, I was going to say that it sounds like a bit of a cliche, but that phrase be the change comes to mind. Mm-hmm. And You know, some of these things that came up, um, like especially around gatekeeping within institutions or eliminating barriers to entry, 
um, you know, creating access to education, um, especially higher education. Um, you know, we know some of these things do involve other players, but it was inspiring to see that so much of this um, rests and relies on artists and the collective power and knowledge sharing that we have. And this all feels very in the spirit of Beyond the Studio, this idea that with more transparency, um, you know, more sharing of stories, the recognition that we all you know, we all have the opportunity to play this role of mentor, to pull back the veil, to share what we're learning and what we know in order to support another artist who's, you know, on a similar path, that these things really can help to shift and create more access uh, to the arts as, a, you know, a sustainable career pathway. Um, so I love that this idea of access came up in relation to representation, inclusivity for artists uh, from all backgrounds, access to um, the arts as a viable career path, eliminating gatekeepers and barriers to entry, um, and access to information, you know, the ways that we're able to share what we're learning, um, both digitally and um, in person through community that we're building together. Yeah, and I don't know if this was specifically mentioned in the feedback from listeners, but I do think it's important to mention that we definitely want to see spaces that are accessible to all artists and all bodies that are safe for all artists and bodies. I feel like a lot of institutions have proven to not be safe for or accessible for all artists and all bodies, and we really believe in that as part of this accessibility as well. Yeah, some of the more um, critical feedback that came through had to do with attitudes within the art world, or um, mm -hmm. I would say maybe more so with the art market, but just this perception of elitism, um, prestige, and I sort of view access as the other end of that coin that, you know, attitudes are sort of a barrier, um, something that people seem to be turned off by, but the flip side of that is um, creating a more accessible art world, um, you know, by every definition. There also seemed to be a desire for um, community, for more spaces, both virtually and um, in real life, for artists to connect, to make work, more opportunities uh, within various types of communities, regardless of geographic location. I think this idea of you know, support and opportunity for artists in rural areas and smaller towns came up a couple of times that, you know, your proximity to a big art center or art mecca, uh, like a New York or like a Los Angeles shouldn't dictate your kind of opportunity within the art world. Um, another theme that I was excited to see, um, because again, this is something that we talk about frequently on Beyond the Studio um, were the ways that artists are financially supported and wanting to see more transparency around the real work of being an artist, which I do think relates back to accessibility in a way, but we could talk more about that later. Um, so just to continue reading off some listener feedback, Casey Ott from Washington, D.C. believes 
um, that art schools aren't preparing artists to be professionals in her experience. Uh, she hopes that everyday unsuspecting people begin to invest in artwork and artists and hope there are more uh, direct-to-consumer or direct-to-collector transactions. Um, she believes museums need to prioritize acquiring more BIPOC and female artists and create a sustainable plan for doing so that living older artists need to mentor younger artists, and that studio spaces should be affordable. Amen. <laughs> right? More to all of that. Uh, Jeff Musser of Northern California says, being an artist is work, and artists should be paid for their labor. Yes, we agree. That was in all caps. Yeah, I, um, I hope you could hear that in my voice, <laughs> that it was in all caps. I put on my all-caps voice. <laughs> uh, Rosanna Burford from Frankfurt, Germany, agrees that artists need to charge their worth. If prices don't cover costs, they're too low. Melissa Godoy-Nieto from Brooklyn, New York, uh, thinks the art world should really look for ways to offer free or affordable spaces dedicated to creation after the pandemic especially in big cities where there are office spaces that aren't being used, uh, buildings not being fully utilized. Uh, artists could use some space for creativity. Joe Tomsick from Sanford, North Carolina says they like the idea of greater, greater private funding and support for the arts through platforms like Patreon or private foundations, but that's a change enhancement that needs to happen outside the art world greater funding and grant programs for the arts beyond that in the art world itself i think there or they think there should be more leaders and influencers encouraging young artists to diversify their profession uh, we live in an era of the gig economy if we have a separate part-time job sustains your craft and takes the pressure off of having to make money from your art or then that ought to be ought to be encouraged, especially if that other job or other jobs feed you as well. And I like this recognition that artists are professionals and that being an artist takes work, um, that creative labor should be valued. And it's not just the art objects or the output, um, you know, what artists produce that has value, but the work of being an artist itself. Yeah, I think so often it's easy to Again, I'll, I'll just keep projecting based on my own my own experiences and the things I'm thinking in my studio. But it, it's it's easy to assume that, I don't know, what you have to offer to the world is what you create and that's your whole identity and that's the best of you. And it's really easy to like wrap up your your worth in what you create. But as human beings we really need to be able to support ourselves to have balanced lives where we can clock out of creating where we can take vacations if we need to where we can spend time with friends where we can have rest where we can have personal projects where we can do things just for ourselves have hobbies like it's it's really easy to become extremely sacrificial of ourselves for our art and I think that the more that we can recognize the importance of who we are as humans and how our human needs need to be met and, and respected in the same way that our artist needs need to be met and respected. Like, we're, you know, we humans are, are not resources that are 
endless. Like we we will burn out. We do have ends. <laughs> and um, the quality of life that we live as artists can and should be just as much as a com- just as much a part of the conversation as the quality of work we produce as artists. Yeah, and this to me relates to the final theme that came up um, in the listener feedback, which was viability, more emphasis that the arts are a viable career option. Um, But I think what you're speaking to, Amanda, is creating uh, the conditions that make a career in the arts viable. And that does involve things like self-care and like Um, you know, some of these external factors that support our ability to make a living as artists. So we have a couple of thoughts to read off um, related to this idea of viability and expanding definitions of success. Soledad Fernandez Whitechurch from Austin, Texas, um, wants us to understand that artists, like any other self-employed human, need business skills. There is a pervasive mysticism around being an artist. You know the tools you have and the tools you need to improve, Um, but what you might not know are things like how to communicate with a client who changed their mind, or an overdue invoice, or how to handle pricing, how to submit taxes at the end of the year, how to get connected to the right people, Um, but the idea being that these are skills that can be learned. Stephanie McKee from Seattle, Washington says, uh, I think older creatives need to help educate younger creatives about the wide breadth of creative jobs that exist. I myself am still learning. Same here, Stephanie. Agreed. We, we're all learning here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do agree that, you know, we believe so much in the importance of transparency in how we can be professional artists. I think the fact that, you know, for centuries and generation after generation, we still have these really prevalent misconceptions about what it can be to be an artist. And perhaps it's because we're not sharing our stories. And I mean, amongst many other reasons, but the more transparency that we can provide, the more that we can learn from each other. And I can also say, and we had talked about this in the conversation with Marcus but I I believe that the reverse can be the same like older artists also need to be listening to younger artists because we're all you know as as we get older we're we may become a little bit more set in our ways and as we are young we have a lot of inexperience and naivete (laughs) words and if we can have more cross communication across the generations to to be able to glean wisdom from each other where we can have these open conversations teaching each other the things that are not coming naturally to us because of either experience or inexperience or access or lack of access yeah and that was a theme that i noticed came up in a few a few of the messages just about wanting more like mentorship and advice from older artists with more established careers. Yeah. Makiko Harris from London echoed these thoughts. She said, I think the art world could do a better job of communicating to young people that becoming an artist is a viable career option. I hear so many of my artist peers say, when I was a kid, I didn't think being an artist was a real option. So I did XYZ instead. Or when I was younger, people discouraged me from following the path of being an artist. 
but these same peers have become wonderful and successful artists as adults. I think we could circumvent a lot of confusion if becoming an artist was more frequently presented as a reasonable, viable, and wonderful option to young humans. And finally, Anne Tarantino from State College, Pennsylvania said, expanding the definition of success and allowing artists to define that on their own terms, normalizing wanting to sell or make a living from one's work, and providing models within and outside of the higher education system for how that can happen. Yes. I think through, I feel like after everyone, I'm just like, yes, agreed. <laughs> um, but I think that it's so, I don't know. I don't know if you feel this, Nicole, but after reading the feedback from listeners, I feel, again, further affirmed in our mission for sharing artist stories, collecting them, creating, you know, transparency where we can and trying to to build an artist community where we can all learn from each other and learn together. And I hope that, you know, folks will continue listening with us as we continue our journey. But I know that it's really important to us to continue to share artist stories and artist stories that may look like yours, that may not look like yours. We try really hard to present to you a a lot of, of very diverse options for what an artist career could look like based on, you know, a wide array of factors. And we're really excited to keep having those conversations and keep learning from artists in all methods of art making and all stages of their careers and all walks of life. And hopefully now we can start going international. Yeah. Um, which we, not that we've had the doors closed, but... Yeah, and we want to thank you for sharing your feedback with us, and uh, we are excited to continue striving along with you uh, to make the arts a more viable, um, visible career pathway and working towards an art world that is more accessible, inclusive, uh, more community-oriented, and more financially supportive of artists. I don't know if you've seen the, like, the memes of you know where it'll show like one photo of someone that's old next to a photo of them now and it's like how it started versus how it's going yeah and hopefully usually it's a bit of a glow up so i feel like (laughs) this has been a nice kind of how it started versus how it's going of the podcast and i also like to think about where it's going and i feel like in our future we're gonna have or at least i hope for more collaborations, whether it be with artists or organizations, brands that we believe in, curators, other podcasts, schools or classrooms. We are open for collaboration. We believe in it very deeply. And I don't know if you read this morning's Creative Independent, but it was like all about collaboration with uh, Aaron Dresner from The National. But it was... Just talking about the, I don't know, being open to more collaboration leading to more open creativity. And I really feel that, I don't know, the more we connect with people, the more we do collaborations with the podcast, I feel so much more inspired to do more things. It's like, even though, you know, the ball is rolling, we have hit the ground running. I am excited to keep running and to keep seeing where, to continue to see where it goes and who we get to work with and 
yeah, I don't know. I'm excited for more podcast series, more things like like that. We've talked about it on the podcast before, but obviously more financial stability with the podcast. We always say that the podcast is a labor of love, which it is. But we also, just as we said before, as we believe that artists are humans and should have sustainable lives, we have to hold ourselves to that same standard, which is very difficult because the, you know, the nature is to give everything and take nothing when we have needs that must be met. More opportunities to gather in our future, whether virtually or in person, with listeners and, and artists and beyond, and just more connection with our listeners in general. We really love hearing your feedback. We have loved doing the listener spotlight. Um, even though we didn't get to hear any of your voices this time, we would love to hear them in the future. And we really value your feedback and we don't want to be speaking out into, you know, the ether and have no one be able to provide us feedback. We we believe in having an open conversation. We want to be transparent with you and we want you to be transparent with us. Um, and obviously more interviews and more topical episodes, just really more episodes, more of beyond the studio, actually. Yeah, it's it's the fulfilling work that feeds my soul. I'm really grateful to be a part of this podcast. I'm grateful to you, Nicole, for being my business partner and best friend. And, oh, you know, I couldn't have chosen a better person to have a podcast with. I remember having a conversation with Kelly like years ago and she was just like you're so lucky to have nicole as a business partner i was like right right she's so good she's so good um and i i believe it entirely you are such a great business partner and yeah i'm grateful to have this podcast grateful to have the listeners grateful to have 100 episodes behind us and grateful to have 100 episodes and more ahead of us (laughs) knock on wood (laughs) Yes to all of that. Amen. (laughs) And likewise, I'm just so, I'm grateful for you, Amanda, and for our collaboration and the podcast uh, that we started five years ago and had no idea at the time what it would become, but it really has exceeded all expectations. And I am equally excited for all of those things. I have nothing else to add, but yes to all of it. Do we want to finally talk about this here giveaway that we lightly teased at the top and then ignored for roughly an hour? Yeah, let's get to our giveaway. Um, (laughs) All right. We wanted to uh, give a gift to you all, our listeners, um, and thanks for your support of the podcast and... Like Amanda mentioned, we've had some really great collaborations over the years, um, maybe most significantly with our friends over at Art World Conference, now known as Art World Learning. Uh, Dexter Wimberly and Heather Bandari are two uh, curators, uh, amazing Art World professionals, and the founders of Art World Learning that we've had on the podcast before. Um, We've attended and even participated in previous Art World conferences, and they've been doing a lot of amazing work um, throughout the pandemic, especially with pivoting to offer more educational resources to artists online. So they've created this uh, wonderful series of videos with Art World professionals on all kinds of topics, 
um, that's subscription based. So you can um, sign up to access those. They've also been partnering with a lot of schools to be able to provide this really important information to art students. And so they've been really wonderful supporters of the podcast. And um, we are really excited to be giving away 10 free subscriptions to Art World Learning, which means you'll have access to all of their content. Um, Art World Learning provides high quality online video based courses to help creatives thrive by making intelligent business and financial decisions. Um, in addition to producing Art World Conference and uh, online workshops, in-person events, uh, everything they do, however, is focused on business and financial health to build and sustain careers and communities in the arts. Um, their online subscription is designed to help you navigate the business aspects crucial to successful creative careers. Art World Learning explains the ecosystem of funding, finance, and business in a way that's approachable, non-judgmental, and applicable to creatives and freelancers who often find themselves torn between doing their work and tending to administrative details. Um, the curriculum exists as standalone modules, and through this subscription, you'll get access to all of the learning modules Art World Learning has developed. I don't know about you, but when I'm in my studio, I sure love to put something on that I can learn while I work. And what better opportunity than to have just hours of, of educational content for free in exchange for a light, lovely review and rating of our podcast. And uh, <laughs> because the podcast um, platform can kind of update a little bit slowly, we are asking you to send us a screenshot of your review. Uh, that way we also have your email address so we can actually give you the code. That's an important factor. Yeah, to enter our giveaway, uh, we're just asking you to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we'll choose 10 listeners at random to receive this free Art World Learning subscription so leave us a rating and review uh, between now and March 17th, 2022. Uh, if that date sounds familiar, it's also the date of our Institute of Contemporary Art San Francisco panel and live podcast recording. Um, so mark your calendars for both of those events. Uh, leave us a rating and review by March 17th. Send us a screenshot by email to beyondthestudiopodcast at gmail.com and you'll be entered to win our giveaway for a free subscription to Art World Learning. Uh, if you've already left us a rating interview in the past, thank you so much. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, you can still be entered to win this giveaway. Uh, just send us a screenshot of your review, no matter when you've made it. And we really look forward to hearing your thoughts. And thank you all again for listening and supporting the podcast. Yeah, and thank you, Art World Learning, for this generous gift that we can give to our listeners. We really love collaborating with them and appreciate their support. And same with you listeners. We appreciate your support. We're so grateful that you've joined us somewhere along the way of these here 100 episodes. And we hope you continue to listen with us with our upcoming episodes. Uh, Nicole and I are still fully planning on releasing episodes all year. And uh, if for some reason something comes up and we have to change, we'll let you know. But yeah, thanks for being here and getting us to this point. 
Uh, we're just so excited to reach 100 episodes and we can't wait for the next 100. That's it for this episode of the Beyond the Studio podcast. You can find show notes, references, and a brief summary of the episode over at our website, beyondthe.studio. While you're there, be sure to sign up for our mailing list to find out about upcoming guests, special announcements, and podcast giveaways. Don't forget, if you're a fan of the podcast, please leave us a rating and review, submit to our listener spotlight, and if you want to support the podcast by making a tax-deductible donation, head over to our website, beyondthe.studio. 